42! Blue, 42! Hut, hut, hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is my good friend, my co-host, and head researcher of the Alabama Department of Snake Milking, Justin Knight. Mm. Yeah, if nobody uh, knew that, but snakes, they do have some tasty milk. That's what I've been researching. So just like, I mean, heck, almonds have milk, so do snakes, and it's pretty good. So snake milk will be the next big thing. You know that snake milking is a real thing and has nothing to do with milk. <laughs> it's, it's where you get some venom out of their teeth. You said milk, and <laughs> so I was just thinking, you know, almonds have milk, so snakes can have milk yeah. too. You're doing your own brand of, of snake milking, and I appreciate that. I think. I uh, mean, anyway, this is this is a show about sports. Sometimes, isn't it, Justin? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Not Today. all the time. Today we're talking Alabama and Auburn's spring practices, the ongoing Masters tournament, and all the sporting news of the week. Um, first, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd let you know what I've been up to recently, Justin. I went I went to the the last game, mm. the last home game at least of the Birmingham Bulls last night here in our own backyard, our Alabama hockey team. They win? No, not even a little oh. bit. They lost. They're really bad this year. But um, mm. I was waiting what on was our, our friend. Uh, really bad. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the record is. Uh, but I went. I went with. Uh, I was meeting our friend Aaron there, and he was late, so I was in there by mm. myself for basically the whole first period. And I was sitting there, and the and the kiss cam came on, and uh, oh, they saw no. me sitting by myself, and they put it on me. And there was there was oh, no way to. Uh, no. It wasn't like it wasn't like it was on me and other people. It was in my face, like right there. I was the only mm. person on the board. Uh, everybody started laughing. <laughs> it's really, really, <laughs> really bad. I just, uh, I made a little hand puppet and kissed it. And I thought either oh, people will no. find this funny or they'll find it incredibly creepy. I think they found it funny. I don't know, but, uh, I would have gotten up yeah. and laughed. <laughs> <laughs> the lady in front of me turned around and looked at me and went, ha ha. And I was like, yeah. Mm, you should be <laughs> like, hey, kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm kiss her. Pucker up, Buttercup. Uh, Justin, we have to uh, kind of start the show, unfortunately, with some sad news. Uh, this happened just yesterday on Saturday. Dwayne Haskins, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback and 2018 Heisman Trophy finalist at Ohio State, he was fatally struck by a dump truck Saturday morning while trying to cross a highway on foot in South Florida. Uh, Haskins was only 24 years old. That's that's our age. That's really terrible. I hate that. Um Seems like nothing good happens in Florida. Yeah, at least for athletes. <laughs> no, you. Yeah, I. Yeah, stay away from Florida. Maybe, maybe just uh, saw it off and then sink it into the ocean. But yeah, Is that a- more than likely he was probably going to be starting for the Steelers or had a decent shot. Maybe a starting. Yeah, he was. He would have been competing for it at the very least. So, I mean, that's. Uh, yeah, I, I hated seeing that, and um, but yeah, it was a, a lot of. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, 
what a what a great career though. I mean, it, these we're twenty four. We've we've done nothing even half that awesome. So you know, uh, yeah, I'm able but, to scratch yeah. my back sometimes, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's really terrible. I hate that. Uh, but trying to transition into lighter news, which is always difficult. But uh, the NFL is pushing to get flag football into the Olympic Games. And there's a chance oh, it could happen. Oh, yuck. I love flag football, but the Olympic Games? <laughs> uh, so uh, NFL International CEO, Damani Leach, he said that if flag football becomes an Olympic sport, more countries will invest in playing that sport. You think that's true? You think? <sighs> no. They have soccer to worry about. They're not going to be playing football. Yeah. I don't know. I Why flag football, too? I mean, I get you can't just go out there and, like, field an 11-man team and play real football, but I feel like you could find a a medium in between those. It just doesn't really feel like an Olympic sport. I don't know. We could probably try out. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you're probably not going to have actual NFL athletes playing in this. It'll probably just be guys they can find off the street. Maybe you do, though. Maybe you get, like, your, your... Pro Bowl guys to do this instead, or alongside the Pro Bowl. Maybe I you don't think know they'd, if they'd do, do it? it or not. I don't know. You think, yeah. you think Tom Brady would do it just so he could say he's a, a gold Olympic medalist? Because they'd win. I mean, who, <laughs> yeah, yeah, America who are they would compete win. against? Who else yeah. plays football? I mean, you have rugby. What are you going to have rugby guys uh, from some of these countries? Australia, Japan, some of Britain. There's not a lot of places that play it. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. Speaking of the NFL, the attorney generals of six states have written to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, expressing concern over the league's treatment of female employees and admonish, admonishing him for a lack of improvement to the league's workplace culture. Uh, without improvement, the attorney generals warned for of a uh, potential legal action. The letter outlines concerns of gender discrimination ranging from the NFL's treatment of women who have experienced domestic violence to the hiring and promotion of women in NFL offices. It comes as Congress investigates how the league has handled claims of sexual harassment in the front office of the Washington Commanders. Uh, yeah, if yeah, if, if women aren't getting a fair shot, especially at uh, at all these levels, that whoever's best at the job should be able to do it. So, yeah, yeah but um, you would think the Attorney General maybe we should do this for every other job because I would feel like. I don't know. You know, you're focusing so much on the NFL. There's probably women trying to get jobs in other places, but you're not apparently caring about that. You know, discrimination may be happening there. Yeah, and and maybe they are. But it's know. because NFL is a big deal. Yeah, it makes a lot of money. And so a lot of the times, if you go after these big companies, the smaller companies fall in line. I think too. So maybe that's a strategy. But yeah, if yeah, give women more shot. Um, yeah, coaching, office jobs, everything. Just, just give more shots, I think. But maybe that's controversial to think. Uh, uh, two Alabama football players, tight end Caden Clark and wide receiver Agie Hall. Agie Hall. I don't think I've ever heard this name actually said. At least I haven't heard it since the last football season. How yeah, do you I don't say think that? You say Agie. Agie. Does that I don't know. It doesn't matter because he's entered the transfer portal uh, on Thursday. Uh, Clark, who is a four-star tight end originally in the 2020 class, did not come to Alabama until the 2021 offseason. He did not play in any games for the Tide. Hall, the number five wide receiver in the 2021 class, made his decision to enter the portal 
one day after Alabama coach Nick Saban announced that he was suspended for violating team rules. We don't know what oh, those rules sense. are, but um, it seemed like even before he said that he was transferring, Nick Saban kind of made a hint that he probably wouldn't play anyway. So His, the, the rule he probably broke was instead of saying Coach Saban, he just said, hey, Nick. And <laughs> he, he said, said, okay, you're done. He said, Nicky boy, uh, let me play. Put me in How's the spring game. Hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How's the wife and kids? Oh, yeah. How's your oatmeal cream pies every morning? Mm, Maybe he ate one of his oatmeal cream pies, and that got him Mm, kicked off the team. Could have, yeah. Could have. No, I mean, Saban, he's he's living on a – he's living paycheck to paycheck, so you can't just take the man's life life source away. Yeah. Uh, Tick Picks, a no-fee ticket site, recently released a lengthy study about – Tick Picks? Tick, 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 okay. tick, tick. Just to make sure I heard that right. It's not like, a great name. I'll be honest. It sounds like two <laughs> different things. Um, they are a, a no free ticket site. Recently released a, uh, a lengthy study about college football and its fans. Over a thousand people were surveyed for several questions surrounding parity and uh, parity in the sport and within conferences. The survey included a segment titled uh, "Watchability Rankings." detailing which teams were the most entertaining or boring to watch. And according to the survey, Auburn is the second most boring team in college football. They were only beat out by Buffalo and deemed more boring than Boston College, Baylor, and Appalachian State. What is what is your reaction to this? I, I mean, I've never heard of the place anyway, so I don't know how many people actually fill yeah, this the is, survey. If it's, this is a random survey. Um, yeah, I don't know. I this, mean, this is a publicity thing, right? This is all this is. They said, let's throw probably. a big college up there in the rankings and then people will click on our website. Cause I've yeah, never like, heard of this. Oh site. my gosh. Yeah. I've never yeah. heard of it either. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just it's, I don't know what their rankings are and what the statistics are they use to where you're the, um, second most boring team in college football. Um, I mean, they're not, they weren't entertaining last year. Sure. But um, I don't know if I'd say second most boring. I, I wouldn't say stretch. second. I wouldn't say second most boring in the conference, and probably no, not Vanderbilt. Probably Where's not. Vanderbilt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're boring. Or even Kentucky. Kentucky's more boring than yeah. Auburn. Um, Arkansas typically is. Maybe not yeah. last year. They were more usually. entertaining last year. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. Maybe this is based just off last season. Maybe this is based just off what people expect. But Vanderbilt didn't even win a game, did they? I don't think so. Did they yeah. beat anybody? <laughs> There's a lot of teams like that. I mean, you're going to say that Auburn's better than what? Grambling? The Grambling's more entertaining to watch than Auburn? Apparently. No. Yeah. So it's. I, I think this is a publicity stunt, but I like it. I like how angry people get yeah, over this stuff. Good for so them. I'm, I'm all for it. I don't really yeah. care. I mean, it doesn't even sound like it's a real ranking. I, just, they just made it up one day, and they're like, hey, let's do this a survey. The most boring Yeah, and that's thing. probably what it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the USFL is kicking off this coming Saturday right here in our own backyard in Birmingham. Are you excited, Justin, and do you plan on attending any games? Well, as you can tell by the silence and the look on my face, um, I have no idea it was this Saturday, <laughs> and I have no interest. I mean, I'll probably if it's on. T- it, I guess it'll be on TV. I'll probably check it out for a quick second. 
Apparently, I don't even know if this is true because I haven't cared enough to look it up, but I've heard that every single game is played in Birmingham. Not just Birmingham's team, the entire conference, the entire uh, league will play every game in Birmingham. I'm going to quickly Google that and make sure that's correct. There's no way. But what sense would I've that heard, make? I've heard too many too many different people tell me this, just out and about in the street and stuff. Out uh, in the street, USFL yeah. Play all games Birmingham. Well, wh- I think it's why true. Would you, why would you make that decision as a league? Like, hey, you know what's a great idea? Let's go to Birmingham and play every single game in Birmingham. It's going to be Here it terrible... Is. Birmingham to host all 43 USFL regular and postseason football games in 2022. Uh, apparently, this was like a planning thing. They couldn't get any other cities, I guess, on board, or they thought it'd be cheaper to keep them all in one place. I don't know, but we're going to have to. So you're telling yeah, me they're all, all going to just be lit? Where are they going to practice? They're just going to practice around Birmingham? Probably, probably high school fields. Yeah, if I had to guess. Oh, that sucks. So th- this league I've heard they're playing the whole season. They're playing them at Protective Stadium and then at Legion Field, so we'll, we'll see. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, some of these teams, uh, where, where are those, some of these teams located? Uh, I have no idea. I think maybe Houston has one. Let's look it up. Let's look up all why USFL not Houston? teams. <laughs> or, or why okay, here we just go. play in their own stadium? All right. We have the Birmingham Stallions right here mm-hmm. in the home state. We have the Michigan Panthers, presumably in Michigan. Okay. The the New Orleans Breakers, the uh, New, New Jersey Generals. Been a place. New Jersey would have been better. The Pittsburgh Maulers. Wow, Pittsburgh. Okay. The Tampa Bay Bandits. Wow, Tampa Bay. The Houston Gamblers. Um, the Philadelphia Stars. I think that's. I think that may be it. I don't know. A bunch. I mean, I've got like fifty teams popping up. I know that's not right. So this isn't twenty twenty like where we're doing know. like a um, NBA. Uh, you go to one destination, play all your games in Disney. This isn't this isn't twenty twenty yeah, COVID bubble. situation. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> this makes it makes zero sense. Sounds stupid. Yeah. I'll. I guess so I'll go to a game. Nobody's gonna have a home stadium except for Birmingham. The Birmingham Stallions. Yeah, Birmingham. I've got home field advantage every single game. <laughs> yeah, it's the only one. Sense. It's so yeah, stupid. It's weird. Yeah, Ugh. I don't know. I don't know I, how. I, actually, I don't plan on watching anymore. <laughs> Not after hearing that. I don't know how Birmingham got that deal either because we we yeah, pass on Birmingham everything. Get that? We never I mean, we get somehow, anything. How do? Yeah, we got the World Games, didn't we? Did they move that? Yeah, we got the World Games. So that we're, we'll talk about, about that in a moment. Yeah, those are joke. That's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not even real. Yeah. Sorry for everybody. It's the it's the, the off brand Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for the, the twelve people who compete. Mm. Um we'll come back to the world games in a bit though. In college baseball, Alabama beat Sanford ten one on Tuesday, then turned around and beat number seven Ole Miss seven to four on Friday and twelve to ten on Saturday to win the series. Meanwhile, Tide Softball beat Georgia nine oh on Monday before beating number six Florida eight three on Saturday. And Auburn baseball got a 6-4 win over UAB on Tuesday before beating number 12 Vandy 5-1 on Friday. The Tigers lost 4-19 to Vandy on Saturday. Maybe back to reality there for Vandy. And in Tiger softball, Auburn lost two games to Arkansas, losing 4-7 on Friday and 3-4 on Saturday. Hmm. That's baseball, isn't it? And softball? Sure. And, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Great. 
I haven't watched any Lastly, of it this week, so. Me either. I haven't either. I just went on the, the website and looked at their schedule. But lastly in news, spring practice is starting to wind down for Alabama football, and the Crimson Tide conducting its second of three scrimmages Saturday afternoon. After the scrimmage, Saban addressed the media and had a few quotes of interest. And I've just grabbed these updates uh, from Sports Illustrated's website. They were compiled and written by Katie Wyndham. So he, she says, Saban praised both backup quarterbacks, saying Jalen Milrow is doing some really good things. He's encouraged by his progression, says that his interceptions he threw today during the scrimmage weren't really his fault. Quote, he has much more command of the offense. He's much more confident. Um, and Saban says Ty Simpson is still a young guy that needs more opportunities to learn, but he's encouraged by the progress from both backup quarterbacks. Uh, however, the offense was spotty consistency-wise on offense and defense, says the line allowed too much pressure in the pocket and the receiver had to, uh, receivers had too many dropped balls. So that's not ideal, especially since the line was an issue last year. Um, but Saban says the defensive line is something they really need to improve on as well. So the line all around doesn't seem too promising as of right now, at least according to Saban. Well, it's Saban, so... Hard, yeah, he's not. He's not. He's the guy. He's not going to be like, "Oh, we're perfect," is he? He's not that kind of guy. No. He's always picking something. So, yep. uh, the final scrimmage will be in Alabama's A-Day game. Uh, will be this coming Saturday at two p.m. All right, Justin. Before we talk Augusta and Auburn spring game, nobody knew what's happening. How about we get into our weird news segment of the week, mm. mismanagers, and get ready. We have a new theme song. So, here we go. Peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad Mismanagement and mystery and dreams you never had Grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers Audacity a specialty and used to drive you mad It's a wonder any one of us can manage to survive In a world of, world of mismanagers How great is that? How good is that theme song? Great, great It's pretty good Love it yeah, It's pretty good uh, we've got a few stories this week, as we always do. We actually have three stories, and then we've got a special one I'm saving for the end for you, Justin. Special. Um, so we'll start out with, uh, we'll, we'll ease you into it. This comes from odyssey.com. A, a report says your thermostat should be set to 82 degrees when you go to bed. Two. 82 Oh, 82. I was like, two degrees. What sense does that make? <laughs> but even 82 is crazy. Why 82? That's really warm. That's really hot. I that think. is toasty. Yeah. I mean, I set uh, it to um, 6870 for the heat, and it's, you know, it gets pretty warm. So I can't I'm trying imagine to find 82. The, I'm trying to find the reasoning for it. Well, you know what? They say during the summer, too, that you should have it like around 78. It's just insane. That's insanity. I keep it on 68 yeah. regardless of the time of year. It just stays uh, 68. During the summer, I like to keep it at 71, 72. It's a good cool. So according to Consumer Reports, the Department of Energy and Energy Star recommend the following temperatures for households throughout the day. 78 degrees when you're home. 85 degrees when you're out of the house. <laughs> And 82 degrees when you're sleeping. Ooh, that's not comfortable at all. I'd be sweating up a storm. 
This is what the report recommended for, quote, optimal cooling and energy efficiency. Mm, okay. um, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, it sounds like I'll have to die before I even get to that, but that's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's one that comes from Metro. Driver crashes $250,000 Ferrari after driving less than two miles in it. Mm, that's always a terrible feeling, isn't it? And it's a bad wreck. I'm looking at it like that. That car's it's 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 in trouble. Jeez, how fast was he going? Two miles after getting it. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the car was a Ferrari 488. Um, the driver who was uninjured was left counting the cost after his pride and joy was involved in the collision shortly after he purchased the car in Derby. Uh, Derbyshire mm. police said. Uh, Driver brought, bought a Ferrari this morning and crashed it driving less than two miles. No injuries. Hashtag drive to arrive. Uh, we don't know how he crashed it. I guess he was probably, I don't know, probably celebrating, not paying attention, revved it up, and lost control. I don't know. That we'll sucks. see. Probably going too fast. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what an idiot. Hmm. Uh, how about this one from AP News? Man in Germany gets 90 COVID-19 shots to sell forged passes. <laughs> so he 90 got 90 doses. Just... Oh, doses, yeah. okay. No, no well, 90, 90 first-time shots. So the, the, the largest dose you get 90 times so you could keep getting the cards and selling them. Oh, okay. I think this is I how you get superpowers. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> got... I'm curious to see what happens to this guy. Well, he's a 60-year-old man. Um, he wanted to keep getting Ford's vaccination cards so he could sell them. He received up to 90 yeah. shots. Um, the suspect was not detained, but is under investigation for unauthorized issuance of vaccination cards and document forgery. He was caught at a vaccination center when he showed up for a COVID-19 shot for the second day in a row. <laughs> Police confiscated several <laughs> blank vaccination cards from him and initiated criminal proceedings. That is incredibly dangerous. That's a man with a death wish right there. I mean, 90 shots. That you can't do 90 lot. shots of anything without some anything. kind of repercussion. That's, that's a lot like, of something in your body that doesn't need to beep 90 times. Yeah, there's, those doses are a certain amount for a reason. So if you multiply that by 90, <laughs> I imagine that's not ideal. How's he still alive? I guess he spread it out somewhat decently. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. That man will never no. catch COVID. <laughs> there's no chance. No, he, he might catch death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the next yeah, thing he might die catch. from something else. Uh, and this last <laughs> one, this comes into, from... He's going to be a ninja turtle tomorrow. <laughs> going to live in the sewers yeah uh, this last one is crack.com uh, they write 15 weird news stories that give us grave concern for humanity i'm just going to go through these and read the uh the headlines and you can react to them if you don't mind um number 15 a woman is on the hunt for the man whose name is tattooed on her butt uh she had it tattooed a decade ago and she can't find him she doesn't know who he was or where he is the mystery man. Mystery man. That'd be interesting. And, interesting search. Um, this one: an obese monkey is dead. A country mourns. Okay. Uncle Fatty must have been a well-known <laughs> monkey. Oh, he was Uncle Fatty. He was a mainstay at a floating market in Bangkok, <laughs> and he was also the leader of his pack, 
which uh, fought to stop him from being taken to fat camp. <laughs> there we go. Uncle Fat. Uh, Afghanistan, Afghanistan's former finance minister is now an Uber driver in Washington, D.C. Uh, the okay. 40-year-old once, <laughs> he, he once oversaw a U.S.-supported $6 billion budget, um, but now he makes a little over $150 uh, for six hours of work, not counting his commute on a mediocre night. Mm. That's that does that have a downfall. It's <laughs> uh, Butlers with bums and the Adonis Cabaret say there is currently a quote national shortage of naked men. The himbos are hired for parties and corporate events where they perform butler duties, wearing only cuffs, a bow tie, whatever business this is. <laughs> so it's it's unfortunate and a sort of apron that may or may not be buttless. <laughs> Um, they, there's a there's a shortage on beefcakes. Beefcakes. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> I wish I would have never heard that. I didn't know anybody um, would ever come up and say that. Hey, we really need to hire some naked men right now. A completely paralyzed man who is left unable to communicate for months after losing the ability to even move his eyes has used a brain implant to ask his care, caregivers for a beer. He also requested they play Tool's new album, Loud. That's the first thing he nice. asked for. They said, can you hear me? And he said, I need a beer. Give me a beer. <laughs> Good on him. A jet ski was rescued from drowning, attacked his rescuer, and was fatally shot in self-defense. A jet ski? <laughs> a jet ski. It was doing circles wow. in the water after ejecting its riders. A man and woman who looked to be in distress, when a couple nearby... Pulled them into their pontoon. The man began attacking the rescuers and was shot. Oh, so hey, the the jet ski jet man. Have a mind of their own. Yeah, the jet oh, ski man. Oh, the jet ski man. I yeah. thought you said it was so a he jet was, ski who had a mind of his own. Wow. So he was. He fell off this thing. Needed clearly needed help. Got help, and then attacked the people who helped him, and so they oh, shot him. That's wow. crazy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about well this? Observed. A YouTuber, a YouTuber built his own X-ray machine after getting a sixty-nine thousand dollar hospital bill. Uh, that's pretty impressive, actually. Uh, he just went yeah. and built his own X-ray machine in a day. I guess they're not too hard to build. I don't know. Uh, apparently not. If you're building in a day, good on him. A former, a former government employee was convicted of stealing millions of dollars worth of fajitas. Billions? No. Millions, not not billions oh, of dollars. I was, I was like, billions of fajitas? That's a they lot of 50, fajitas. <laughs> he got 50 years in prison. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Jeez, just think, you know, what'd you come to prison for? I stole some fajitas. Millions worth of fajitas. Scientists at the University of California, uh, Santa Cruz, have sequenced the dodo bird's full genome raising the possibility that it could be brought back to life and sold grilled or crispy with a side of potato wedges. Would you try a, would you try a dodo bird? Uh, no. Was this like a sick world of Jurassic Park where instead of having an attraction, we're just killing it and let, we're eating these dinosaurs? <laughs> just eating them again. I wonder what T-Rex would have tasted like. <laughs> now, dodo the, windy, the Windy City Rockefeller, William, Willie Wilson is combating rising gas prices by buying it up and offering it free across Chicago and its suburbs. 
He started small with $200,000 worth, but then came back the next week to drop a cool million. There's almost enough to fill up a Ford Explorer. That's fun. That's good. That's good. He's, he's buying all this stuff. A man was bitten by a venomous snake that had been displayed in a wine bottle for a year. Had, what? The snake wine is sold with the supposed dead bodies of actual snakes, and a Chinese man had purchased a bottle with the hopes that it could cure his son's chronic illness. Reports of the snake's death were greatly exaggerated, as all three, quote, came to life and one bit the man. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I don't think that's real. That can't be real. <laughs> all right. Well, I think, I think that's probably enough. Uh, we need to go to a commercial break, though. When we come back, we're going to talk Augusta, Auburn spring game. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Game Managers on WJLX 101.5. Welcome back, everyone, to the Game Managers podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. How's it going? It's going. Justin, we're going to talk about both the Masters and the Auburn spring game. But first, if you don't mind, let's get the Masters out of the way because, uh, quite frankly, I don't I don't care about this whatsoever. But l- luckily you do. You're a perfect <laughs> <Loser>. fan. <laughs> I'm going to let you break it down. But before you do, would you like me to go, just go ahead and lay out everything I know about it first, which is very little? Yeah, I would love to know what you know about it. That'd be interesting. Okay, well, well I know Tiger Woods is playing. I know okay. you can't have a cell phone on your person if you're spectating. I don't understand why, but okay. Um, I know that I'm probably in the minority of sports fans who do not like this because the ratings for ESPN have been insane. They recorded a 21% increase in ratings for Thursday's opening round linear coverage, a 31% jump in Friday's second round coverage, and the most watched days of golf ever on ESPN+. Plus. More than 5 million viewers watched ESPN's coverage of the first opening two days at the Masters, an increase of more than 1.2 million over last year. There you go. I also know it will be wrapping up, or have just wrapped up as this is airing, but we re- pre-record this in the morning, so we won't be talking about round four, just looking back at what some of what we saw in rounds one through three. And by what we saw, I mean speci- specifically what you saw, Justin, because I couldn't have been mm. bothered to watch this. Yeah, so I Justin, love... Um, I love the Masters. I think that's probably my favorite major. Um, I they have the Masters app. I don't know why people will download ESPN Plus or pay for it just for something like that. When you can download the Masters app for free, and you can watch featured groups, certain holes, and stuff like that. So, and um, but it's been it's been uh, pretty entertaining. It's um, been pretty tough. I think uh, yesterday was one of the tougher rounds. Um, Right now, you got Scotty Scheffler's at 9-under. Uh, Cam Smith's at 6-under. Uh, Sung Jing M, 4-under. Lowry sat 2-under. Uh, Schwartzel, 2-under. Thomas, 1-under. Connors, 1-under. And Willett's even. That's it. Everybody else is over par. So what is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So you only have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So you only have 7 that are under par. And uh, mm-hmm. Which I'm not surprised with how the wind has been. And that course plays pretty firm. And not many balls, you know, gonna you're gonna get a lot of spin on the greens. But um, Scotty Scheffler, I'm not surprised he's won three of his last five events. He's uh, number one in the world, so I think he'll probably end up winning. He'll have another solid day today. But 
Cameron Smith's also been playing well. He won the players a few weeks ago, and um, I can see him coming up top. But the way Scheffler's been playing, I don't see him throwing up on himself because he's shot under par every single round. But uh, it's been entertaining. I love the Masters. It's um, I just love the feel of it. It's um, it's got a it's always a great tournament, and I'll, it's probably the most beautiful course in the world. I love how they have it set up. So it's been entertaining. And uh, Tiger, I know everybody. So that's the only thing everybody cares about. But Tiger. Um, he had a good first round, shot one under, but since then, it's been over par. Right now, he's seven over, which, I mean, I'm not shocked because he hadn't played competitive round in almost 600 days. And, um, I mean, he definitely, he walks, you know, you can tell that he had procedures done on his legs, the way he walks down. But honestly, I thought, you know, he's looked solid for someone who almost had his legs amputated and he's out there playing. So, um... It's always good to and see recently. him out there. Yeah, I mean, it's only, what was that, a year and a half ago? If that. I don't remember, but it doesn't so, feel long ago at all. Yeah. No. Um, so, I mean, it was shocking to even see that he was going to play, but like, it's been solid enough. I mean, he's played better than a lot of other people. So, um, But, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I think it'll be a good final round today. Well, good deal. Well, we will uh, report back on that next week as we will wrap it all up. But uh, let's move on to Auburn's A-Day game. So uh, They had an A-Day game? Well, (laughs) that's the thing, because nobody knew this was happening. Uh, Justin, you're an Auburn fan. You're quite a big one, we'd say. Did did you have any idea this was happening this Saturday? Zero. It was um, maybe like 2.30 or 3. My dad texted me, and he said something about the A-Day game, and I was like, I have no idea that that was on. Because I'm watching... I was watching the Masters, and then, of course, Kansas City Royals, they've started. Um, they were playing, and he texted me that. I was like, I have no idea. Could have never told you that they had their A-Day game today. Yeah, and I'm, like, I'm all over Twitter. I'm always, I follow every Auburn page, every Alabama page, a ton of Alabama and Auburn fans. I hadn't seen this, and I'm on Twitter all the time. I, like, I yeah. knew it was coming up. I didn't know it was this Saturday until Saturday morning. And I don't know. I don't know why that is. I guess because there's so much going on. You've got baseball and the Masters going on. But I also wonder if maybe part of this is because Auburn fans are still kind of hungover from basketball finishing with a disappointing kind of early exit uh, from the tournament. And then you had the recent attempt by Auburn to fire Harson that kind of blew up in the boosters' faces, and Auburn losing five straight in the season. I, I I just wonder how much that factored in as well because. I looked at the crowd size and it was not good at all. Like it was, it yeah. Was from very the empty. pictures you sent me, it didn't look. I don't know when that was during the game, but yeah, I mean, it looked like it was not a great turnout. Which I wouldn't be surprised if this season really didn't have great turnouts for some games, um, just because I think a lot of fans feel alienated with um, how things are being handled with the coaching situation and the boosters and everything at the program. And I think a lot of more people probably care more about basketball now. And I've been saying that. I just feel like I think basketball is getting to the point where if Auburn just becomes this mediocre football program, it's going to have mediocre attendance. I mean, that could happen too. If Especially if somehow Auburn was to win a national championship in basketball at some point. Then, oh my goodness, you forget about it. Football won't be able to hold up with basketball. Which is crazy to yeah, say. And I, I think- mean, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think that could last long term 
but certainly during yeah, a Saban era. Yeah. yeah, during a Saban era, that could happen for sure. Like that wouldn't surprise me. You, also, you're going to gravitate what you're good at. If you're better at one thing, yeah, you're going to be more uh, proud yeah. of that thing. So, I mean, that makes sense yeah, to me. Yeah, you don't see Duke football fans talking about football. They talk about basketball. No. Right. Uh, so, as for the game itself, though, Saturday Down South, they did a nice recap that I'm just going to grab uh, talking points from. Uh, they write that five takeaways from this game were that Auburn's offense have, has grown. They said Auburn showcased a designed rollout passing attack that wasn't much of a factor last fall, which seems to be built more for TJ Finley and Zach Caldada, Calzada, I'm sorry, who does better on the move. And of course, Finley a little more stiff when left in the pocket. So we'll see how that. It's not like Finley can move around either. He's like moving in uh, quicksand. No, he can't move, but he can't stand there either. He's he's kind of statuesque, I'd say. Yeah, he can't do either one, so that's never a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought from what I saw about Ash, Robbie Ashford, I heard um, he was pretty good and athletic. You know, showed his athletic ability too. Well, speaking of Finley, though, he looked more comfortable. Supposedly, his passes looked cleaner. He progressed through his checkdowns instead of just going for the deep ball every time. But, if, of course, it's a spring game. He's not getting allowed to be sacked. So, you know, of course he looks more comfortable. I don't think that says a lot about his style of play. And he played but, against the second-string defense, too, I'm pretty sure. Right. So, uh, running back Tank Bigsby, though, he got a lot of action, including many passes thrown to him, which is interesting because he only had 21 catches last season. So, initially I thought, I guess they want to give him more ways to touch the ball. But after the game, Harson downplayed the notion that Bixby would be a bigger part of the passing game, um, saying that no, that we're not necessarily trying for that. But I, I don't know. So overall, Tank looks maybe dry. Maybe because it's he, he's the only one that can catch the ball. Yeah, maybe it. Uh, but he looks spry. I mean, he's going to do great. He was great last year. Everybody knows he's a great running back. So defensive line isn't where it needs to be. Uh, Auburn ran a three-four, a four-three, and some other defensive fronts. But regardless, uh, their defensive front needs to improve because there's only so much that scheme can do, and they have very little depth on the D-line. Um, so they're going to have to work on that, getting some guys some experience. And the article also notes that Harston seemed comfortable and like he is unaffected by the recent off-field drama. He was smiling during interviews, seemingly trying to move on from all that. So, yeah, good. I still think he probably gets fired at the end of the year. But, I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe he doesn't. Yeah, I mean... He's handled it well, a lot better probably than other people could have. Um, it probably helps. So yeah, I mean, more than likely making millions. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are your biggest concerns for Auburn though going into the year? We've we've read about the defensive line, the quarterback play, uh, maybe the offensive plan. What what's your biggest worry here? Hmm. Well, I'm not worried about linebackers and uh, defensive backs. I think they'll be good. Um, D-line, yeah, that's been an issue um, since uh, Davidson and uh, Derek Brown have, uh, when they left to go pro. Um, O-line, it's a lot of experience, but can they finally translate into a decent O-line with all the experience they have? Have they improved finally? Wide receivers, ugh, that may be a, a pretty big weakness. It was last year. And I don't know if it's going to get any better. Um, like you said, running back, a Tank, and um, I'm blanking on his name right now. He's hurt right now. He's not even. He wasn't even at spring game. But um, 
both those guys will be good. And um, and then quarterback, I have no idea. That's another big concern. It's just who's going to be starting and who's going to actually fit well in the offense. So there's a lot of concerns. Um, yeah. And like I said, if they win the same amount of games they did last year, and definitely less, he's Harson will be gone. And same process once again. We'll be looking for another coach. Uh, yeah, that sounds exhausting. But at least it'll give us something to talk about, I guess, if that was to happen. Oh, yeah, sure. All right, Justin. Well, let's transition to your weekly segment. I think we could all take some time, open our minds, learn a thing or two from you. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. What are we learning today, Professor? All right, you distinguished audience. It's time to learn some stuff about opening day. Baseball, of course, Mm. opening day was on Thursday. And I'm going to make sure y'all love baseball because I love baseball. It's my favorite sport. So here we go. Here's some opening day fun facts for you. So in 1907, there was an opening day snowball fight. So, um, the New York Giants, they face off against the Phillies in New York City's Polo Grounds after a heavy snowstorm. And uh, when the Giants, they fell behind, uh, disgruntled fans, they began flinging snowballs onto the field, forcing the umpire to call a forfeit in the Phillies' favor. Wow. So make sure you please the fans. Especially That's actually fans. really cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. All right. Who threw the first, first pitch? Do you, do you have any guesses? The first first pitch, yeah. Uh, so you know can you how give you have me a year? first pitch, yeah. A nineteen ten, nineteen ten, yeah. Uh, is it a celebrity or is this a, just a player? Um, it's a celebrity. Yeah, I mean someone okay. everybody knew. Everybody knew. Okay, in nineteen ten. Okay, I'll say whoever the president was. There you go. Uh, William Howard Taft. He became the first president to throw this ceremonial first pitch. Since then, every president besides Jimmy Carter and Donald Trump has thrown at least one ceremonial first pitch for opening day. All-Star Game or the World Series. So there you go. Oh, Taft, the fattest president. (laughs) I thought Trump threw one. Maybe he was planned to and then he didn't. Or something? Yeah, I don't know. I know he's done it before, like in minor league games. He came in like a helicopter before he was president. He he got came in a helicopter. That's probably what I'm threw. thinking of. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is an interesting one. Opening day riot in New York. Ooh. So Brooklyn's Washington Park was the scene of an opening day riot on April 11th, 1912, with the Brooklyn Dodgers down 18 to three to their rival, the New York Giants. Fans stormed the field and delayed the game which was eventually called on account of darkness in the sixth inning. That's, <laughs> That's always <great>. nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fans were nuts back then. Oh, my God. They loved baseball, for sure. Hey, baseball was All the about thing. It. Uh, Bob Feller's opening day no-hitter. There's only been one no-hitter. in open- Well, this may have changed. I don't know if this is correct or not, but cons- uh, this says there's only been one opening day no-hitter. Um, it was Bob Feller. He was just 21. He threw it against the Chicago White Sox in 1940. So part of the fact check that. Oh, wet paint catches fans red-handed. So the Boston Braves, 
uh, fans, they sat down to an unpleasant surprise on opening day in 1946. The outfield stands had recently received a fresh coat of red paint, but cold, damp weather had prevented it from drying. So hundreds of angry, paint-stained spectators marched to the Braves' offices. The team agreed to pay their cleaning bills and made a public apology in a newspaper ad. <laughs> that that was would fun. suck. Yeah. yeah Here's another good one. Um, very famous one is uh, Jackie Robinson. He broke the color uh, color barrier on opening day in 1947. Oh. His first African-American to play for a major league team. So there you go. He did it on opening Very day. Good. I need to watch that movie, 42, about him with Chadwick Boseman. Oh, it's, it's good. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's I good need to movie. watch that. Um, Harry Truman, he shows off his switch pitching. We know Harry Truman uh, was president after uh, FDR passed away. Uh, he was the only president to throw out left-handed and right-handed first pitches on opening day. He showcases ambidextrous talents on April 18th, 1950. So there you go. That's pretty neat. Very good. Also on opening day, I'll throw a couple more. Um, Hank Aaron, he tied Babe Ruth for the most home runs um, with 714 on opening day, 1974. Obviously, we know now uh, that uh, Barry Bonds broke Hank Aaron's record, but that was a big day, and of course, um, he beat Ruth's record later that week and reached 755 by the end of his career. Ah, here's a good one. You may like this one. All Fans right, go ready. streaking in Chicago. Oh. On opening day 1974, several, not just one, several naked fans rushed onto the field at Chicago's uh, Comiskey Park, disrupting the game and inciting violence in the stands. Wow. So I wonder, so, I wonder how they incited violence. If they went up and attacked people, or if they, if, if people started fighting because they were like, "There's naked people on the on the field." Yeah. So I was like, "No, there's not." And then they, Let's they just fight. go crazy. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That's very good. Um, and I'll just, I'll say one more. Who has the most opening day home runs? So Hall of Famer Frank Robinson and Ken Griffey Jr. share the record for most career home runs in the first day of the season with eight opening day homers each. And there we go. Very good. Well, thank you, Justin, for another lovely segment. Uh, We are up against a break, but when we come back, we'll be giving out the most prestigious awards in the sports world, the TG Yibbies. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Game Managers Podcast, where we are about to present the sports world's most prestigious weekly awards, the TG Emmys. I'm Nick Norris, yeah. and with me is Justin Knight. Oh, good evening, kind sir. You look great tonight. Thank you. I've got my little bow tie on, my, my purple tuxedo, and I'm ready to announce the awards. My first award is the Shut Up! Everyone thinks you're a moron and your opinion doesn't matter award. And this one goes to Dabo Sweeney, who is once again whining about college football players getting paid, despite the fact he makes millions off their work. Mm. I believe you you saw this, didn't you? Um, I did, yeah. I think I sent it to you. Um, yeah, it's it's always something. It, not, I mean, he went over, he just said, college football, it's a total restructure. Change it completely. Break it down. Um, I mean, I, I wish you could just be a Nick Saban. You know, win your national championships when you do, and just shut up. 
Just shut, <laughs> just shut up. Because here, up. look. That's all we need. I never liked him when he first got the Clemson. I thought he was annoying. I didn't like him. Started to kind of like him a little bit when he started, you know, Clemson was competing and then won national championships. Seemed, he was fine. But since then, it's just gone completely downhill. He just seems really obnoxious, just talks too much. And um, so it's just like a sick cycle he's living right now. He reminds me of like a uh, like the the guy who's got nothing going on, and he he works at the gas station, and he just keeps he, he doesn't know when to just end rambles. a conversation. He just rambles. That's yeah, that's Dabo Sweeney. Starts uh, showing off these crazy conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah. If he wasn't a college football coach, he would work at a gas station one hundred percent. Justin, what what is your award? <laughs> What's your um, award mine for? is a player held captive. He's been imprisoned by his team. And that goes to Baker Mayfield. Congratulations, <laughs> Baker. Um, apparently, there's no rush to trade or get rid of him. Even though Baker Mayfield does not want to be there. He has already voiced his opinion on saying, and he already said thank you. He said thank you, Browns fans. Cons- you know, Saying, hinting at, I won't be here. But the Browns have no interest because, say Deshaun Watson... They suspend him, you know. Yeah. Now where are you at now? So they're like, we're gonna keep him, but he's not gonna show up. He'll probably just take the fines and not come. So yeah. um, and Baker also, Mayfield, I hope your sentence is quick. <laughs> it also seems like nobody's willing to really trade for him. At least not a yeah, good who trade. Who really wants him? Because also yeah. too, it's April tenth. The draft is coming up. There's a lot of quarterbacks you could go for. Yeah. So why would you want Baker Mayfield? You have one good season. <laughs> well, our award for high school athlete of the week goes to Carbon Hills, Haley Lehman, who pitched five no-hit innings for Carbon Hill, recording eight strikeouts in the four-nothing win over Addison. So, good nice. job, good work, yeah, yeah, very nice. Our best of the week. I'm going to give it this week to Tiger Woods for getting out there and giving it another another go after his wreck. Yeah. He knew he wasn't going to be able to compete at the level he used to, but he's out there giving the people what they want anyway, and I think, you know, good on him for that. It's pretty cool. Big crowds. He draws the crowds. Yeah. The the Masters is loving it because he's drawing in the ratings as well. That's um, true. Bust, bust of the week. The opposite of best of the week. This is going to go to Georgia defensive lineman Warren Brinson, who is facing two misdemeanor charges of simple battery for shooting women with a pellet gun. Oh, my God. What goes through your mind? I'm going to go shoot these women with a belt gun. Well, according to Georgia police, they received a complaint from three female college students around 5.30 p.m. April 6th who said someone shot at them with a BB gun. One victim <laughs> said she had been struck in her ribs and the other said something hit her near her sternum. The third woman was not hit. Apparently, this was uh, the Orbeez Challenge. Are you aware of the Orbeez Challenge? Oh, yeah. I've heard about that crap. Stupid. Yeah, it's like a pellet gun, but you fill it with those Orbeez, those watery pellets, and you shoot them at people. Um, Great. I hope it was worth it. (laughs) That your TikTok or whatever you did. I hope it was worth it. Yeah, kids kids are pretty stupid. Can we we go ahead and agree with that, huh? Yeah, I think we But, he's in college. I mean, he's what? (laughs) 1920? I mean, I yeah. know they say research says your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 25, but still, I mean, you're in college now and you're a professional athlete, held to a higher standard. But once again, athletes have done some dumb things, as we talked about before. So, but also, if if 
if we're using that logic, neither of us are 25, and I'm not shooting women with pellet guns, am I? So <laughs> No, this is, but see, that's like the lowest of the lows. That's like yeah. no common sense. You're just you're a terrible human being at that point. <laughs> well, um, it's time for our letter segment. Justin, we actually have a new letters theme song. Are you ready for it? Oh, really? Yeah, let's hear it. Go-getters write letters, we're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing in to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. Great, good stuff. Love it. Mm. So our letter today comes from Michael. If you'd like to reach the show like Michael did, you can do so at gamemanagerspod at gmail.com. Just shoot us an email there. It's linked in the bio or... Message us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram after you follow us, of course, at TGM Pod. Michael says, Hey guys, do you plan on attending slash covering the World Games in Birmingham this summer? If so, what events are you most excited for? Keep up the good work, Michael. Um, oh, sorry. Like certainly to disappoint you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be covering anything about the World Games. I won't be watching... Um, now I guess since you said something about it, I'll look and see what in the world they do at the World Games. But other than that, I I don't even know when the World Games are. Um, they're in the no summer idea. at some point. Um, I don't know. Some they point. ran. <laughs> they run for eleven days. Uh, I'm gonna get us there. Well, I'll get us some kind of. We're not paying for it, but I'll get us some kind of press pass. We'll go to the World Games, but we got to figure out what event. You gonna get us a watch. press pass? <laughs> Do you know how easy it's going to be to get a press uh, pass yeah, to the a... World Games? It's going to be very easy. <laughs> It'll be pretty easy. Yeah, if you get us a press pass, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll show up. As long as it's over the weekend. Give us a press pass, yeah. I'll do it. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sure our, our friends at WJLX can, uh, can get us some passes. We'll, we'll throw that out there to them. See yes, if, all see if the works. lovely people of uh, Walker County <laughs> would love to know what's going on in the World, the world Games. <laughs> So. Uh, so let's let's look at what they got going on here. I need to look up what sporting events they even have at the World Games. I think they maybe have darts. I don't know that for sure. Okay, now darts, okay, darts. Like I've told you, you need to look it up. It won't be the same here, obviously. Um, but in other countries, I think Australia has a pretty big crowd for it. They go crazy over darts. They love it. Crowds enter it. They're in, you know they're screaming and yelling. But here, I don't know what it's going to look like for darts. It's probably going to be silent. Here's um here's eight of the games. There's more than this, but these are just some of the big eight. Um, dance sport, bowling. Dance sport. <laughs> dance sport. What's that? Bowling. Uh, okay. Karate. Uh, bowl sport. I don't know what that is. Bowl sport. I'm not sure. Netball. Sumo wrestling. Let's do that one. Let's see sumo wrestling. Sumo wrestling. Okay. Uh, Corf ball and hockey. Corf ball. Yeah, we'll do. We'll. I'll try to get us either sumo or hockey. We'll do one of the two. We'll go to that. Do sumo uh, since that's probably something we'll never witness anywhere else. You're so right. you probably should try to get sumo. Um, I'm trying to see. I wonder where the bowling's gonna be. You think they'll just have that like Vestavia? What's that gonna? That would suck. Imagine you come all the way from I don't know Spain or England, and you go to Vestavia Bowl, which is a rundown bowling alley. Which you have a better option with Oak Mountain Lanes than Vestavia. They also have surfing, fist ball, flying disc. Where are they gonna do surfing at? Rugby. <laughs> I I guess on the coast. I don't know. 
So why is it? I, why, uh, so I guess most of the games are in Birmingham. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Actually, they'll probably just go down to one of the lakes. Nice infected lakes with all the bacteria. (laughs) They'll just put some fake waves in or something. (laughs) Well, thank you. Uh, Thank you for the uh, letter, Michael. Like we said, if you want to reach the show, gamemanagerspot at gmail.com, at TGMpod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are out of time, so we've got to skedaddle. Hey, but uh, thank you, Michael. We'll make sure we cover sumo wrestling for you. You got it. You got it. Uh, So send us an email. Uh, follow us on all those places and we'll be back same time next week. We're going anyways, guys. Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut! Hike! Thank you for listening to The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara. Sayonara.